And now, detailing success in PNS Double Black present the Rennie Doyle Podcast, a podcast for blue-collar entrepreneurs. Hosted by the detailer of Air Force One and founder of both detailing success and the detail mafia, Rennie Doyle. What's up, man? How y'all doing? Dan, you're hey, Rennie. Good to see you, bud. Likewise. Been a while. Been a while. Been a while. So it's, uh, hey guys, welcome to the podcast and... We've got uh, today is um, kind of a, a, a we're gonna we're gonna revisit um, the foundation of of our industries. Uh, we used to call it boards, chat boards, chat rooms, and then forums. And today's guest, uh, Dan Eckenberg, he Dan Eckenberg set up. I mean, basically, the professional platform was that was the very first platform I believe that professionals really really utilized. And so I wanted to bring Dan, he's a good friend. I wanted to bring him in for a conversation uh, and kind of share, uh, you know, what this man built. And then uh, actually just about our friendship and some things that we've discussed. We've had a lot of, we just had one. Dan Dan and I don't get on the phone and not have a deep conversation. And uh, it's good. So welcome, Dan. Thank you very much. It's I've, I've been looking forward to it. We've uh, talked about doing this for a while, so I'm, I'm really anxious to get get into this and share with the group. Yeah, it's going to be pretty fun. So um, a little uh, caveat is we, uh, we're we known we've got – it's all over the place, Rennie Doyle Detailing Success. Our website, our domain is detailingsuccess.com. And I don't know if Dan remembers this or not, but Dan came up with that domain name. Dan came I up do with remember. that name. We were sitting at the coffee shop over by the mall. Interesting. And you said, well, what do we, what do we call this thing? You know, what do we, and you said, well, you know, it's how about detailing success because you're trying to get, you know, success in detailing. And we, we rolled it over um, and it, and it stuck and almost, uh, can you believe this? I mean, 16, 17, almost 17 years later, here we are. Well, what's funny, Rennie, is when, when I was trying to come up with, I know we'll talk a little bit more about it, but when I was coming up with the name for my website, I'm like, what am I going to call this thing? Well, it's about mobile detailing, and I know mobile works. Mobile works. Bingo. <laughs> and, that, I, and I remember that. So we'll jump into the background. Um, so little old Idaho. Here we are. I'm minding my own business. You know, Dan, how long have you lived in Idaho? Oh, my gosh. 27 years, I think now. I've lost track. So back when we were when, – when, when, when we struck up a friendship um, – you know, we didn't know each other existed and I was so busy um, building a business and a family and Dan, you know, Dan's the same way. And uh, there wasn't a whole lot detailing wise going on in Idaho, but there was. And a lot of people put it back to the rag company, you know, is popular now there. But Dan had built something again, a foundation right out of his, his place, right out of his home there in Boise, Idaho. And so I jumped on Dan. What what year did you launch? the forum mobile works officially 1997 but i was kind of messing around with it trying to i, I couldn't tell you the mouse from the keyboard when i got started with this thing so i mean it, there was a lot of uh, a lot of trial and error unfortunately in the beginning there was a lot more error than trial right but uh officially in 1997 1997 so that's it it's, it's there's so many um common factors that you know that same time frame just two hours away over in Haley Idaho 
you know, Diane and I were launching uh, attention to details that same, that same year, that same time frame. And here, you know, Dan, you're just busy, you know, trying to live life and pay the bills, so to say, and raise your son. And what year was your son born? Oh boy. I don't know if he wants me saying this or not, but to 1998, 1998. So same year that, you know, our, our middle daughter was born too. So all these similarities, right. And yet we didn't know each other existed. And so, um, I was kind of a late comer. <laughs> this sounds funny now, um, <laughs> to forums because I didn't get on there. I was just so busy building. I, I didn't even know they existed. Uh, and in about 2001, 2002, um, I was doing some research to buy a pressure washer and came across mobile works. So I signed up and I laid in the reeds. I just, I just was a observer, never made a post kind of watch what everybody's saying. Because again, my day was, you know, get up at the crack of dawn, help Diane with the kids, take off to work, come back, uh, in the, and in that time frame, um, Diane was working at, at a restaurant, fine dining restaurant. So I'd come home and be dad in the evening, which was a blast. Diane would go off to work. I'd wait up for her and then repeat. And so we were just, you know, we were just trying to build a life and a business and uh, I was doing some research. And then Dan, all the way in 2003, here we are in, in little Idaho. I made my first post in 2003. Isn't that crazy? Um, and, and, and I want to tell you, there was only, what were the other boards that were up? Yours was the primary for professionals, but there was a couple of other ones. And I, I know McGuire. Yeah, I, I know Bud Abraham and, you know, Detail Plus was on there. And I can't remember the other ones either. I mean, forums were kind of a necessary evil because everybody knows the trolling that goes on on the forums. So. Yeah. yeah, it was it was kind of weird. And I, I know McGuire's online kind of launched in the early 2000s. So we had that. But it was still, we fall back. Now, let's mention some names. This is going to go back. Uh, let, let's go back before we do that. And then, so so introduce yourself. You're, you're, you're mobile works, but how, how, what led you to detailing? What, what time frame and what led you there? Uh-oh, do we oh. lose audio? Yeah, Dan, we lost audio. There he goes, there he goes, got it. Sorry about that. It's, it's kind of funny. The, um, I had started a re residential construction cleanup business here in Boise about mm, 1992, 1993. And it was running that. And my, my good friend from New Mexico had started a mobile detailing business, just basically bought the equipment, didn't have any training per se and said, you know, are you interested in buying it? Because uh, I'm not sure that uh, I can continue this. And I thought, yeah, what the heck? So I drove, drove down to New Mexico, picked up the equipment, same thing, no training, which was one of the biggest things going at the time. There wasn't any training. So it was literally flying by the seat of your pants trying to figure out how this stuff works. So I'm sure the, the people that have gone through your class can appreciate the level of skills that they gain going through your class. I didn't have that opportunity. I mean, I literally was learning and you may remember this Rennie, but I, I was, I was contacted by a company to do one of their RVs. Well, I'd never done an RV in my life and they called to, can you do one? And yeah, sure. So I drive over there and, you know, it had the gel coat and all that stuff, which I knew nothing about totally screwed it up. It was this 
pea green motorhome, <laughs> ugliest thing you've ever seen. And I'm out there and I'm calling you, I'm calling everybody I can contact. How do I fix this? I'm sending photos. I, I just totally screwed it up. And the guy comes out and he goes, how's it coming? I said, well, I've got an issue, but I'll be out first thing in the morning. I got to you know, make some phone calls. Well, it rained like crazy all night and it was raining the next morning. And as it turns out, that was kind of my, the godsend because he couldn't, it was raining so hard and I had so much product on this thing that he couldn't see the imperfections and took it out to an auction that day and it got sold. <laughs> so, wow, I remember that. Um, remember and again, that. It, it it's just, you know, the whole thing about the training, I, I can't say enough, gosh, you know, kudos to everybody that's going out and getting trained so you don't have those fiascos. I mean, I almost, almost ended up buying this ugly thing and I'm so glad I didn't have to, but I, I wouldn't have had any other choice because I made the, I made the mistake. Well, um, you know, it's funny because I think back in those days, so many of us made that mistake. Now I almost hate to say it. There's not really an excuse to no. have that challenge with all the information that's out there between YouTube and, you know, all the social media platforms. And even, even if you don't go for official training, I mean, it's, it's, it's it's it would almost be silly to make that kind of mistake but yet back in those days uh there was no options as you mentioned and so um i remember making a couple posts and 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 you know we're going to get into um history repeats itself and in 2008 and now in any likeness because i, I want to hear your opinion on this um i'm definitely seeing you know not just not just in the detailing community, but in the world, some likeness of, of what's happening now, of what happened back in 08 with the economy and people's attitudes and everything else. But um, so the, you know, Dan and I, we, we actually f figured out, I don't even know how, do you remember how we figured, I don't even know, I mean, we were having, I contacted you for something in the early like 2003, 2000, I don't know, 2004 maybe. And we figured out we were both in Idaho. We had no, we had no clue. You know, we had well, no clue. And if, uh, if memory serves, you know, the, the whole the whole website was driven by advertisers and you had contacted me asking what the rates were and how do I get on here? And then, you know, you, you later became you know a great sponsor of the of the website. So that's that's kind of how the conversation got started. And then you know, we realized, oh, my gosh, you're, you know, a couple hours away from from me and then we started having you know when you moved down to, to boise we started having coffee on a regular basis yeah so that was pretty cool yeah it was a trip so you know some of the friendships um of those early i mean and i'm gonna leave i mean you mentioned bud abraham was involved but jim gogan you know one of my best yeah. friends you know uh, mark johnson you know um paul apollonia you know which is still <laughs> paul. you know paul still still active I love, um, I love Paul. He's he's such a, he's such a genuine person. He is. He is Keith the Plessy, uh, and there's a lot of names I'm 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 skipping over. But this original group, we we decided to go to this little show called Mobile Tech MTE. Yep. So Dan's talking to me, and he goes, "Hey, let's go down there together." What was it? Oh five or oh six that we went together? Do you remember? I believe it was six, but I, I'd have to search my memory brain. Right. I, can't, I can't remember what I had for breakfast. Right, so. right. So 2005, 2006, we we go down to Mobile Tech and, uh, you know, we're there and, and, and it's in Clearwater at that time, right. uh, which, boy, I wish we could move it back there. I don't think they've got anything big enough, but what a, 
I want to, I really do. I mean, not laying claim that we all, you know, started detailing because we didn't, it was going, but I think that group of people, um, I think that's what really launched detailing into its modern day, you know, communications. Agreed. They made it a community. And if you remember any that first year we were down there, the original, you know, uh, Jim and Brian, I believe were heading up the original what's now, you know, the professional detailing association. They were trying to get that going at that expo. Right. Now, I remember that we got together and we, we brought every detailer that we could get. I think it was the next year we went down and we got, we said, okay, every detailer that's here, let's meet. We did. We were able to get every single detailer that was at that show to, to, to go to a kind of a meet and greet. And there were seven, seven or eight of us. And that was yeah. everybody. There was, there was a hundred percent attendance, 100% attendance. <laughs> and there was less than 10. And so the shows, yeah. you know, now there's hundreds, you know, uh, maybe well, I haven't been to that in years and years and years, but I, I, I look at it and it's crazy how much it's grown. Yeah. It's just, it's, and so those friendships, you know, um, are still there. And then even as people ask me how to get into training, it was your forum. It was mobile works is I was doing open garages for our customers. And I started doing open garages, like little how to clinics. And I had some pros come in, you know, but it, it, not very many. I mean, it was mainly for, for pro amateurs and some of our customers and stuff like that. And a, and a young man named Matt Williams. Yep. I remember I did his first website for him. Yep. Matt Williams gets a hold of me on, on, on your site, MobileWorks, and says, "Hey, would you train me?" And awesome. uh, that launched the modern day detailing success because when I met you, we 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 weren't aiming that. We were just going after high end details, and I wanted to get the word out there. We're expanding. We're kind of we're kind of going into maybe franchising our brand, and you know, licensing it. So we already had a couple of those going. Um, but the training side of it wasn't, wasn't there. It was really growing and, and, and taking it to another level within, you know, within either licensing, uh, or, or franchising. And so all of a sudden Matt comes into it, which every once in a while, I'll, you know, Matt and I will get together still and talk. And, uh, awesome. you know, he was fresh out of college at the time. And, uh, and, and again, I hope you guys, I hope that those that are listening, this might be boring to you, but history repeats itself. And, and I want you guys to hear this foundation with this man. So, so we get this community going and it was, it was rock'em sock'em robots <laughs> at times. And, um, you know, people think that, I mean, people think that it's rough now. I, I don't think you guys have a clue on what these forms, it was like the wild, wild west with gunslingers. You know? Oh my gosh, it was crazy. You know, the, the myself as the only moderator in the beginning it was it was all I had in, in me to, to try to keep up with all the craziness going on. Yeah, and it, it's you know, and, and back in those days, I mean, you you you'd seed people. You know, I mean, you could seed them to, you know, it was just a different world, right? And uh, we were a lot younger and a lot crazier and and everything else. So, um, you know, what led you? So you're detailing, um, you know, if those that know Boise, Idaho, um, got a winner, you know, and what, 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 what started that, that, um, that journey to start the detailing community mobile works? Well, it, 
back in that period of time, there wasn't a mobile detailer on every corner. I mean, it was kind of a new thing. So when I was out doing customers' vehicles, whether I was doing a detail or just washing their car, I had so many people coming up, how do you start one of these things? And I thought, hmm, okay. So I started kind of scratching my head thinking, okay, is there a bigger market for this? Long story short, I put together the initial site with the intent of selling a startup guide on how to start a detailing business. Mm -hmm. It wasn't how to detail because I didn't have that expertise. It was just, okay, how do I get licensing? What do I need for insurance? You know, uh, regulations, all that stuff. Just how do you find a supplier? All that stuff to get into the business. Well, what happened is I had experienced detail shop owners buying this booklet and it wasn't telling them what they thought they were getting. So I discontinued that and just opened it up to what it eventually became. It was just a, a portal for everything detailing, PDR, glass repair, headlight restoration, the whole gamut. And it just, once I made that switch, it just blew up. Ah, I remember those days and I remember that that booklet and you sending them out. And, and again, there was so much trial by fire back in those days because detailing at that time really hadn't changed in the last 30 years. I mean, at this time, it, it had been pretty much the same and remained the same for a bit during that, that time frame. So, um, you know, our, I think that where we hit it off is that so many people, you know, listening to this, um, you know, is that, Maybe you're maybe you're single, young, you don't have a care in the world, but, you know, chapters change. And Dan and I were both dads, young dads at the time with young kids and yep. going through the struggles. And so much of our conversation was watching people be destructive, you know, in in life, in their own life and hurting themselves and everything else. And uh, we, we'd have these deep chats then and, and even now we had one last you know, a couple of weeks ago. Right. Um, and we talked about things, but, you know, um, we tying all that in is our friendship, you know, our, our, it's so important to have people that understand your struggle that are in the same game and that you got to be careful is because, you know, we mentioned earlier, some of the, you know, some of the characters that were in there, you don't, especially back then is we, you don't know who you're talking to, you know, is that, you know, you're, you're behind a keyboard and you've got to be careful of who fills your brains. Even today is that we yeah. go out and there's hundreds and maybe thousands of people at SEMA or mobile tech and you get to know people, but do you really get to know them? And, um, is, is I'm seeing history repeat itself overwork, a lack of life. Um, it, it's all alive and, and well, and, and Dan's done a great job, you know, separating himself from the rat race. Um, you know, is I think even going back, you know, 10, 15, going back 15 years ago, Dan, is that you really wanted to, to take in and, and just not be a part of the nonsense, you know, and the loudness of life. And you had a yeah. loss, you know, your brother passed away and right. you'd always had this dream that you shared with me. And that was to go on this nationwide bike ride. <laughs> so, uh, you made it happen. So kind of explain, explain that. Well, if you remember, I, I forget the year, but you had a, a, I don't know if a seminar is the right word, but you had an event out in Ontario, California, that you invited me to go out and speak about 
work-life balance mm -hmm. and not to become so involved with your business that you forget your life. And in my particular case, it was my child. I, when, when my, when my son was born, I know it sounds cliche, but it literally changed my life in so many ways. Everything that I thought was important before wasn't important anymore. And, or at least not as important. My son is my priority, always has been my priority. And it, he just, he literally laid the foundation for me to, to be a better person. Hopefully I've been a better person. And it, we were sitting in a Denny's out in Meridian, Idaho. And he asked, this is, you know, back in the days when smartphones really weren't smartphones at all. But he asked me if, if he could use my phone while we we're waiting for our menu or for our uh, breakfast. And he wanted to, you know, do some goofy things. So he opens up this paint program. That's what it was called at the time. And he starts doing this diddly thing and this blue smiley face and he hands it back to me. And he goes, there you go, dad. And I said, oh, that's cool, son. What, what, what are you going to name this? He goes, uh, I don't know, Banner. Like, banner? Why Banner? And he goes, I don't know. It just sounds cool. And it was just, it just really struck me when I, I st still have that exact original image. And that's the logo that I used for my bike ride website. Mm. And the name of my website was Take Time for Life. I'm, wow. I'm riding in memory of my brother. And my son and I had tried to plan to do that same ride earlier, you know, several years earlier, things happened and it didn't work out. And I, I just got to the point where it's now or never. I'm not getting any younger. There's never going to be the perfect time. It doesn't matter whether you're planning a bike ride, whether you're going to expand your business. It doesn't matter what it is. There's never going to be the perfect time. There's always going to be a reason why you shouldn't do it. My advice to everybody is don't find reasons not to do something. Find the reason to do something. Whether you think you can or know you can or not, you've got to take the chance, take the step. And, you know, I... When I, I went to my employer and I said, I want to go on this bike ride. I said, no, let me back up. I am going on this bike ride and I'm prepared to lose my job if, you know, if, if necessary. And they, the owner and the, the general manager spoke and they said, well, you know, we can't pay you while you're gone, but you'll have our complete support. And they did, you know, wow. the, the, the general manager at the time drove me up to Oregon to start the start the ride and all this stuff. And, you know, when another one of my uh, employees watched my dog ace while I was gone, so I didn't have to put him in, you know, kennel or boarding or whatever. And my motto quickly became, as long as my wheels are moving forward, it doesn't matter how fast I'm going. And I mean, really, that's kind of a, a motto for my life right now. It doesn't matter how fast I'm going, as long as I'm moving in the direction that I want to go. I love that. Yeah. How long, how long did a, a cross-country trek on your bike take? It, Chris, it took me three and a half months. It was I still remember the miles, 3,649 miles. Wow. Wow. So you started it on the coast in Oregon. Where, yeah. Florence, Oregon. Yep. yep. And, then, and then where did you end up? Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina. Wow, man. What a journey. And, you it know, was, we talked, that leads us. So tell us, what was the inspiration for that? You know, and I've known you a long time. And I mean, to go out, I, I just want to say, Dan's one of the few men I know, few people I know 
that talked about a, his dreams and then has gone and made them happen. And, you know, I think as you age, you find out what the richest richness is in your life and to have the freedom that Dan's created. To some, it would be a, a minimalistic life, right? You, you live simple. <laughs> it's very minimalistic. Very, very minimalistic. But to you, you're living your dream. And I got to tell you, man, A, I'm so proud of you to watch that Thank happen. You. And B, I don't think people realize the balls and the fortitude it takes to go and do that. So you ride across the country, and I know why, and I'll let you share here in a second. Um, but you basically said enough's enough to the bullshit of the rat race, and you – and you've lived the life that you want to live. And yep. you're pretty damn happy, if I might add, you know, from uh, I'm, I'm very happy. And again, it all not not to keep hammering this point, but it's it's such a big part of me, and that's that's my son. And you know, I, I tell people all the time, and I'm gonna tell you guys too, if my son calls, I'm gonna have to end the end the <laughs> call we're having because. I, if I'm on a, a Zoom call with my employer, doesn't matter who it is. If my son calls, I drop what I'm doing and take that call. Wow. Yeah. You know, for those that don't know, he's in the Air Force and you never know what's going to go on. Right. So it's it's one of those things. I never want to have a situation where he was trying to call me to tell me something and I was too busy to take that call and then something happens. I don't, I don't want to ever miss that opportunity to tell my son I love him one more time. Wow. Wow. So <clears throat> your bike ride, you and your brother. I got you off track there. <laughs> right. It, it, you and your brother, you know, you lost your brother. Yep. 2002. And um, you guys have talked about this. So share with us, you know, you'd been talking, you've talked about this bike ride pretty much since the day I met you. You know, and yeah. what year did you make the, the ride happen? 2017. Yeah. And while we're on that, I, I also want to give a shout out to Rennie and the, the whole detail mafia because Rennie sponsored my ride and also a number of the people within the mafia, just people I knew in detailing also, you know, provided donations. I didn't know what I was doing, Rennie. I had a yeah, I had a $350 department store mountain bike, didn't do any training didn't have any, you know, experience in it. I just started it. And it's like, what, what was really amazing as I, as I was doing this ride, I think, okay, if I can ride 10 miles to go to the office and 10 miles back or whatever, which was about the extent of my training for a week. And it's just, it's just another mile is all it is. It's just 3,649 of them tied together. And if, if I would, if I went on this thing thinking, I can't ride 3,649 miles in three and a half months, but I can ride one mile a day and just keep adding to it. And before I knew it, it was, it was all done. Um, but, you know, my brother was just an avid outdoorsman, loved cycling, grew up or was living with his family in Colorado and just loved everything about the outdoors, was a mountain biker, the whole thing. And, I mean, I honestly felt him with me the entire way. Wow. That's and, you know, again, I think that you look at, let's go back over your history. 
you started a mobile detailing company and we're in a tough market. Uh, probably one of the earliest mobile detailers in Idaho there was, you know, you started sending books out talking about how to, <laughs> right. then you launch a forum or a community, you know, that's for detailing. Um, then you start standing up to this, the, I remember in the conversations is so many people and, and I definitely ad admit this, we just fall into living a life that maybe is attractive to other people, but not us. And you'd stand up to that, you know, and, and, and you built, you know, a life around love for your son, love for other people. And, and I got to add love for yourself. Okay. You don't, you don't make these changes without. And again, the fortitude that it takes, the inner strength it takes to just draw those boundaries and say, I'm going to do this is incredible. Well, Rennie, if, if I can interject real quick, you know, the, the greatest thing about doing something that you're not even sure you can do, whether that's, again, expanding your business or starting a business or whatever, is some goofy thing like riding a bike across the country, what, what that opens you up to is opportunities and to meet people and do things you never even knew you had that opportunity to do before. And the, the people that I met on this bike ride were just incredible with their generosity and, and kindness across the entire country. So, I mean, all the crap going on with people saying the country's falling apart. Well, it, it may be going through some struggles, but it's not falling apart. There's a lot of great, great people out mm. in the country mm. and the main thing is you just like i said whatever it is you want to think about doing don't think about it too much because you're all, you're going to talk yourself out of it just take the step and do it you know i'll tell you it's huge and it leads us right into um you know before i even go into the great people and 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 we have you know you and i talked about your journey i just recently did a not not anything close to a bike ride across the country i just did a you know seven day one week you know overland trip from washington down into idaho montana utah and met some incredible people i was just in tennessee and uh my goal is every time i'm somewhere i try to meet someone new um and when i just i don't know it's incredible people like you said our country's our people are, I don't know, we are, we are kind of effed up, right? Um, our government's really effed up, um, right. <laughs> you know, but, but we, the, the soul of our country is, man, we got some great people out there. So let's talk about some of the struggles. Okay. You take off on the bike, right? And I didn't know, I'll be honest. I didn't know that you had just like a, just off the shelf standard bike when you do that. <laughs> so again, you know, I don't know if you got any balls left after riding on a bike like that that long. You know, you might have just rubbed them off. They're recovering a little bit. Now. Yeah, exactly. So you know, okay. So how many? So you're 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 basically you're a little over three months in, right? Yeah. So three months and how long? Three and a half months. Three and a half months. The total amount of time. How, how many nights in a hotel? Um. Uh, Boy, I didn't count. Probably maybe a dozen. Wow. Okay. Mm. That, uh, that's impressive right there. So take us through your app. Okay, so you're just one mile at a time. Those wheels are turning, right? You're just going. Yep. You're, you're on your you're on your $400 bike, right? <laughs> you got the gear that you got. 
what's your nights like? I mean, where do you find shelter? You had to come across some bad weather. Yeah, well, yeah, tons of bad weather, but you never, you never knew. Yeah, you, know, you got to wherever. As the as the ride started, that's when I stayed in the majority of the hotels because I would get all these alerts on my phone saying, you know, severe thunderstorm warnings and whatever. So okay, I got to find a hotel and I'd get a hotel. Well, the, the storm typically would pass in 20 minutes. Well, all I had to do was get out of the rain for 20 minutes and then get going again. So I learned that lesson fairly early. I didn't have to get a hotel just because the weather was looking bad. But when I got to some of these places, I mean, I pitched tents in, you know, public parks and I mean, all across the country and in bizarre places. But the the coolest thing was they, there's a app called Warm Showers and it's for cyclists and and host. So you open up the app and if I'm going through X city the next day, it'll tell me what hosts are available in that area. And I, you know, and I'll contact them and I'll say, okay, I, I want to stay whatever day and whatever time. And if they are able to, they'll say, yeah, here's our, here's the directions to our home. And then they invite you in their home to, the, the, thus the term warm showers, to sleep, you know, in a bed, take a shower, have a meal, and people like that all the way across the country. And a lot of them weren't involved in this organization at all. Mm. It was it was just people with kindness all the way across the country They'd see me on the side of the road and they said, where are you headed? You know, we've got a house up here. We've got a trailer over here, whatever. And they just invite me into their homes or buy me meals or whatever, all the way across the country. But, but the, the one thing I always share, cause it, it's the story that really touched me more than anything. The entire way was in Kentucky and it was Labor Day weekend. And I'm trying to get to the state park to camp for the night. And it was a windy road and everybody's on the road with their boats and their RVs wiping me off the road. So I turned back around to the small town I left from, Ford, Kentucky, if I remember the name of it correct. And there's a gentleman sitting in his truck and I pull up to him and he looks around and he goes, what the heck are you doing on that thing? And I said, well, I'm riding across the country. I'm trying to get to the state park. And he looks right across the shoulders again and he goes, come on, I'll get you up there. And he puts my bike in the back, yeah. drives me up to 10, 12 miles up to the park. And we walk up in the ranger station or whatever. And he says, you know, can I help you guys? And he says, well, this guy's riding his bike across the country. Don't ask me why, but is there a place where he can pitch his tent? And it kind of directed me to where it was. And he goes, well, there's a $10 fee. And I said, perfect. So I start taking my wallet out and the guy that gave me the ride says, no, 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 I got this. And so he pay, takes me up there, pays for my mm. tent spot. And then I go over and I get the, the tent set up and it was probably 10, 11 o'clock at night. And this other gentleman rolls up on a bike and he's got this trailer behind it, kind of clearly down on his luck. And we, we were standing out there talking or whatever. And I'm like, gosh, I, 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 why is this guy coming into my life right now in this way? And we stayed up until probably two 30 in the morning talking. And he's a homeless vet from Kentucky. He'd been on this bike forever. That was his, that was his home. That was his transportation, everything. And he, he had stopped at a rest area, not too far down the road before he got to this park. And he said, you know, I went down there and I did some, you know, I cleaned the floors and cleaned out the kitchen and they gave me these bags of spaghetti. 
as payment. Would you like one? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh. I said, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm fine, though. He goes, well, I got to give you something. And I said, that's not necessary. And he goes over to his trailer and he starts unwrapping this package or some kind. And he walks towards me with a banjo. I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do with a banjo? That wasn't what he had in mind, though. But he leaned up against the, the wall and he started playing the banjo and sang this absolutely beautiful Willie Nelson song. It was it was just incredible. Wow. And he got, and he got done. He goes, Dan, it's not much, but it's all I got. And here's these two grown men out in the middle of the state park in the middle of the night. It was just it was just crazy. And then the next morning, that gentleman that brought me up there, I hear this rat tat tat on the side of my tent. And I opened up the flap to it. And it's that guy. And I said, what in the world are you doing here? He goes, oh, I just felt so good after I met you yesterday. I wanted to come and take you to breakfast and see you off. Hmm. Total strangers. You know, and we talked about that is on my journey. You know, um, now it's kind of when, when that happens, Dan, it, it kind of becomes part of your life and every day, doesn't it? Oh, you kind of absolutely. seek that out. And, and I'm going to tell you, it doesn't take much seeking to find good people. You know, we concentrate on the the negativity and the bad and this and that. But yet when you, when you're looking for good, you see good. Does that make sense? You know, I don't even know if you have to be looking for it, Renny. You just got to be willing to accept it and not, Mm. not, you know, not look for the negative in everything you look at. And there were several occasions when I was going into areas at my first instinct is, Oh my God, I'm going to die trying to get through here. Not because of the terrain, but just because of the, the people that I saw in the area. But I, I get stuck at a traffic light and I'm trying to get through it. And this guy's approaching me. And my first thing, come on, light, change, change, change. And it didn't change. And he walked up to me and we had a great conversation. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's crazy. And I, I think that applies to so much in life that we we're always seem to be looking for the negative all the time. Sometimes you don't even need to look for anything. Just accept what's there and make the best of it, whatever that may be. Whether it's, you know, you're trying to, like I said, you're trying to expand your business. You're trying to find ways to get more business. Mm. You know, you're you're talking to people all day, every day, whether you're in your business doing the work or not. There's always people out there that you can talk to and share your story with. You know, a lot of a lot of people are inspired by people in your community that operate these small businesses. It's not an easy thing to do. And they're always willing to reach out and help those people mm. with their business. You know, I'm in, uh, I'm in Los Angeles and LA gets a pretty bad rap, right? For, for not being such a friendly place, but I know there's a lot of good people here. Um, you know, Absolutely. it's just the, the, the culture and the environment just, you know, makes it a little bit harder for them to come out of their shell, but just, you know, simple hellos and, and holding the doors open for people and stuff like that helps, you know, helps get them out of their shell. And, and you'd be surprised who you can meet. No, Isn't that the truth? I, I, I was sharing with a friend yesterday. I went on a bike ride yesterday and I'm going down the green belt. Rennie's familiar with the green belt here in Boise mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of the common practice when you're approaching a pedestrian on a pathway is to say, you know, either ring a bell or say on your left or whatever. 
and what I was doing yesterday when they were walking their dogs, and Rennie, you know, being a, a big dog person, I'll appreciate this. So I'm, I'm walking up and I'm doing the on your left, and you know, they kind of scoot over a little bit. Well, then as soon as I got next to them, I would stop and say, I just didn't want to startle your dog. The way I said it, I just didn't want to startle your pup. And they were like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like they've never heard that before. Then I'm having conversations with these people about their dogs. Yeah. I love you know, it, there's great people everywhere. You know, it's one of, we've had to relocate our horses to a new facility because of, of just things that went on. Um, and so now they're, they're so close to us. They're still under three miles away. Uh, next year at this, you know, in spring, they'll be home, you know, so we're going to right, right to my left is going to be, they're going to be out there and, uh, it's going to be awesome. But the guy that they're, they're on the property of, he, last night I saw him and he comes up to me and he goes, let me tell you something. He says, that horse of yours is something else. <laughs> and he says, I come out to check on the horses and he's got to have a conversation. <laughs> you know, he's just got to have a conversation. And, and I think you need to, you know, his name's Rip. I call him Rippers. Uh, Rip, Rippers is actually his real name, Rips for short. Um, but he, it, it's, it's Rip tries. Is, is Rip, Rip doesn't know an enemy. Rip doesn't know. He, he just wants to love everybody. And he wants, and I think so, I learned so much from him because he's just, here he is, this big 1,400-pound beast, you know. Right. But he's gentle. And I don't know. I take a lot away from that. Um, well, I think I think you're I think you're right. I mean, you you know, my dog, I, I had to put him down a little over a year ago. He was, you know, just shy of 14 years old. Golden retriever, just, a, you know, just just a love bug. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And he he I think this crazy dog taught me so much about patience mm. boy not not only with myself but with other people obviously it's because i mean they're non-judgmental yeah they love everybody and i think it wore off on me <laughs> well it's funny because boomer you know a lot of people that if you you know if you know me you know boomer you know the last um you know we just lost him almost four months ago and i always tell people he, he Boomer taught me to live in the moment. First time in my life, first Absolutely. person, that, first first soul that was ever successful at teaching me to live in the moment. It took him entering my life to teach me that, and I'm so thankful because even though he's gone, I pay tribute to him. I, I would be, I would do such dishonor to him to to forget that trait just because he's not right here next to me, you know. Right. And so I honor him by continuing you know, to, to live in the moment. Um, you know, you talked about websites. So you got into websites. A lot of people don't. In 2007, I, with your encouragement and a lot of help, a lot of discussion, I took on my own first website with Detailing Success. That's where you named it. It was an endeavor. It took me, I remember people will say, you know, I mean, um, oh boy. I mean, it was, it was a huge website. Was, you know, I practiced on a couple small ones. But I remember staying up for three weeks. I would I would get done working, and then at nine o'clock at night, I would start the website. And at three in the morning, I would finally turn my computer off. I'd force myself because yeah. I had to get up, you know, in, in three or four hours. And um, you built websites for a long time. Changed a lot, hasn't it? 
you know? And, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's changed a whole lot. Like I said, I couldn't tell you the mouse from the keyboard when I first got started, but now with all these, whether it's Squarespace or Wix or Weebly or whatever, there's so many of these drag and drop website builders out there. And a lot of them are really good. And, you know, I, I, the company that I work for, you know, I still do their website. I still do marketing. I still do, I mean, I really don't do new websites per se uh, too much anymore because I, going back to what we were talking about earlier, I just, I've got better things to do than pull my, I was going to say pull my hair up. I don't have it to, uh, you know, spend going back and forth. And when, when, what I found was a lot of people, they, they knew what they wanted, but they didn't know what was involved in making that happen. Right. So it, it looks easier than it is. I yeah. Guess. Boy, I'll tell you now, 2007, you, you mentioned that we had a, we had a summit, I think is what we called it. And it was actually, summit, the, that's right. yeah, that was the first detail mafia event ever. Oh, really? Yep. Ever. Yeah. And Johnny Unser, the race car driver yep. came and spoke. Remember? I do remember. Yep. And we had you there. We had myself, Jim Gogan. I mean, there's a lot of people that were there, you know, in those early days. And then Johnny came in as a friend of mine from up in, in Haley, Idaho, uh, and spoke to us. And that, that launched a whole, and again, that there was just something new that nobody else was doing. And so much of our careers have, have, have um, mirrored each other because I, I, you know, we're, we're, you know, not in the beginning of detailing because detailing goes back you know, a hundred years, you know, as long as the automobile and even, even the horse drawn buggies, they were polishing them out. Right. But right. modern day detailing, um, we were there in those early days, you know, we were there and we had to pioneer a lot of what is a lot of people think is that's their everyday life. They don't know what it would be without pulling, you know, being able to go to Facebook and seeing whatever group they belong to and getting answers. But you developed that. I mean, you were one of the, the earliest ones to see that need and fill that, that niche. And uh, I think a lot of people, I'm, I'm glad you could come on. Cause I wanted to, you know, I wanted to explain that and your role in it, but through that journey is watching you as a man, being able to realize that you just, you know, is we all have an expiration date and it's not tattoo on us. You know, it's can't take a black light and see what it is. And, uh, you know, I think that you've been a man that realized that and you've done a lot, but yet I'm going to say you're wise enough to back out and just do what you felt your life needed and uh, what you wanted versus what society sees and wants of you. How hard well, is that? It's not, it really isn't that difficult for me because I kind of gave the, or came up with a, if they don't like it, that's their problem attitude. I kind of came up with that years ago. I really don't focus too much on what anybody thinks. I just, I mean, I, I try to do what's right. I try to be kind. I try to be considerate. And if that's not good or that's not what they're looking for, then that's really not my problem. Um, the, you know, going back to the website and getting that started, the thing that was, you know, I, I taught myself how to do websites. And I had I had a general knowledge of detailing. I knew the terms, I knew the general procedures, but I was not an expert in it by any means. And so I reached out to people that were, i.e., yourself, and you know, through the kindness of you know, people like you that were submitting articles to me to post on the wow. website. And wow. and so what I would do is I'd say, okay, I don't know, I you couldn't pay me enough to detail a plane. 
let alone Air Force One. So if people were asking me, okay, how, how do I detail a plan? Well, I don't know. I'm not going to put that information out there. So I get hold of you and you submitted articles to me and it's got to be a cohesive relationship. I don't expect you to take the time and effort to write an article on auto detailing or plane detailing or boat, whatever it is, and not be appropriately, I don't know if compensated is the right word, mm -hmm. but at least provide backlinks to your website. And that, as we all know, helps with the SEO and all that other stuff. And I had people from all parts of the industry in all parts of the world submitting articles and they're sharing their expertise with myself and my audience, which mm -hmm. is what ultimately made the entire site grow. I was smart enough to realize I don't know everything. Wow. Yeah, well, and you know, but you sure to learn. You, we, you sure knew a lot, and you've helped this industry. And you know, it's really cool. It's an honor for me. We got to get you down to Mobile Tech at some time. I'm going to drag you out of Idaho and get you down there and speak with me and talk about this exact subject. You know, and the history of it, and you know, Kevin Halewood, and and, oh, yeah. and you know, seeing Kevin and what he's built and now you know sold, um, still involved. Him and his wife are still you know greatly involved. Are they really? Yeah, they're still still there every year, um, and Gosh, it's, it's like forever ago. It's pretty cool. So I'm going to share something with you because you're the kind of guy that loves that. Is uh, four years ago today, oof, I say goodbye to my mom. Yeah, boy. And uh, mom, I just want to tell you, I love you. Never far from my heart. And you know, Dan was there for some of those struggles we had. You know, it's amazing that we didn't lose her before because even. Damn, we're still there in Idaho. It was a big challenge, right? And the reason why mm -hmm. we moved back to California, we had no desire to move back to California. We want to stay in Idaho. But when your mom starts going down, you know, you, um, you'll do what you have to do. Absolutely. You just took the words right out of my mouth. You do what you have to do. You do what you have to do. Yeah. You know, that, that, that the whole thing about do what you have to do, that, company that I'm still working for now doing their websites. I, I've told this to you, Renny, several times over the years, but when I went back, when I went to work for them back in, oh my gosh, 99, 2000, whatever it was, and I was still doing the detailing website part-time, but it wasn't bringing in enough income to sustain me. So I went to work at this company and I love it. It was having a great time. The, the people are wonderful. And I went by the manager's desk or office one morning and he's got his head down on his desk, totally out of character for him. And I said, are you all right? What's, what's going on? He goes, Dan, I just saw my son off in the military at the airport. Mm. I said, wow, well, you must be really proud. He goes, I'm proud of him, but I'm really disappointed in myself. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, Dan, in my son's 18 years, I've never taken him fishing. I've never gone camping with him. I've never done all these things you're supposed to, a father is supposed to do with his son. And I said, well, Jeff, there's no harm or no shame in providing for your family. He goes, I know that, but I feel like all those years were gone and I can't get them back. Oh, man, boy. And I thought about what he said and I went back into him a couple of weeks later and I said, please take this in the context intended, but I need to give you my resignation and you're the reason why. Hmm. And if I went in the world that I do, it's, I said, it's nothing you did. It's something you said. And I told him, I don't want to find myself in your chair when my son's 18 years old. 
Mm. And, you know, the next many years were tough. A lot of them were really, really tough. But I never missed a single event that my son was in, you know, attended all the school meetings, all that, assistant coach on his football team, all this different stuff. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. Mm -mm. Yeah, it I wouldn't, you know, going back to my kids and being being able to attend so much of their stuff, their games, you know, and, uh, you know, with our oldest daughter, it's, you, you know, you've you've met Ryan. It, mm -hmm. She's she's a handful. She's an amazing, amazing, you know, did a career in the in, uh, you know, six years in the in the in the Marine Corps as a Marine. So she's a Marine um, and uh, she's a you know, helicopter pilot, professional helicopter pilot now. But our biggest goal is, was, my, or my biggest challenge was getting to her basketball games before she fouled out. Uh, mm -hmm. Because it's usually by, you know, before the halftime break, she was already thrown out of the game. Um, she was just, an, she was just, she was the enforcer. She, she, uh, <laughs> she was pretty hardcore, but I always tell that to people. But, um, you know, it's, uh, we're getting messages in is, you know, thank you for helping our, our country in detailing with, uh, you know, oh look at that! No, that's that's that, that's cool. A lot of a lot of people saying thank you and and so forth. And uh, well, Dan, hey, it's been a it's been a uh, this is something that we wanted to do for a long time, buddy. And uh, we're gonna do more. You know, I, I want to bring you in personally when you're down here. We want to get you to Big Bear uh, and do something in you know in person. Um, and uh, love to get some some of the the. the Let's get the band back together, you know, and and uh, get around each other. And and you know, Jim Gogan, you and I don't have hair. Jim's Jim's hair is gray. Uh, Mark Johnson looks amazing. He lost a whole bunch of, of weight, and he's a happy guy. And Paul's just as happy as ever. Paul's well. I don't know if I've ever seen Paul not happy. Yeah, I was just gonna say I don't think that's happened ever. <laughs> right. So. And uh, but hey, um, and I think it's the same thing. Paul's out doing what he wants to do. He is. He's another he guy that that he lived life the way he wanted to and not how others wanted him to. And, uh, you know, a lot of us think we do that, but do we really do it? And the answer is, for me, no. I mean, so much of what I do is is, is things I that um, I think need to be done. And uh, I don't know. Could I live a much simpler life and be happy? Absolutely. You know, there's things that, you know, I could, uh, there's noise I could drop out of my life and, 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 and replace it with music, so to say. Absolutely. Well, you know, the, the I'll, I'll just kind of finish with this, if it's okay. You know, we, we, were, we were talking about, you know, doing what you want to do and don't all this stuff. And, and my, I guess my parting words would be, you know, be true to yourself. And what, a company that I left abruptly back in you know, the early 2000s and was doing my own thing. And then as my son got older, it wasn't, you know, dad, are you coming to my event? It's more like, dad, why are you here? And, you know, so I thought, okay, I got to get back to work. So I go back and I apply to that same company to join them again. And he said, well, we've been bought out by another company. You'll need to talk to the new owner. I said, okay, so we have a, a phone interview with the owner, and I'll never forget this. You know, he goes, oh, Dan, you know, Jeff speaks really highly of you, and, you know, he tells me you've got a young son, and I said, yes, sir, and 
He goes, well, if we need you to travel or work weekends or whatever, I need to know what your priority is. Hmm. And I said, well, sir, this may not be the answer you want to hear, but my son's my priority. And there was like 30 seconds of dead air. I mean, well, that went well. And then he, he gets back on and he said, Dan, I've been in business for decades and you're the only person that's ever told me that. Wow. I didn't tell him what I thought he wanted to hear. I told him the truth. Yeah. And, and, and he told him what he really, what we all want to say. And a lot of times we just, we don't have the bravery or we feel so self-pressured that we just don't say it or do it. And we just go on. Well, I'm not going to sit there and say, I'll work weekends, I'll travel, because I wasn't going to. Wow. Yeah. I wanted to be there for my son. Well, the takeaway from that, and what a great, what a great, what a great way to exit. You know, the person that trains me on my horse says, always, always in when the, when the horse is happy. Absolutely. It's the the same way with my dog for crying out loud. Right. Always in when the horse is happy. Is that you know you I think out of everybody I've ever met is you set boundaries in your life, and those are pretty hard boundaries. Is that you've got some soft soft boundaries around you, but your well being and the, the the love and well being of your son are hard boundaries. And I think we all could take away from that and set some hard boundaries. And it's not a bad thing. A lot of people say, "Ooh, you're going to push people away." No. You're going to be the right people in that understand yeah, why you're doing your you, boundaries. You just nailed it exactly, Rennie. You know, is that if the right people are around you and they know that that's a boundary and it's a good boundary, they'll respect that. But if they're tainted themselves and they and they and their boundaries are all skewed and screwed up, is that they're not going to appreciate your boundaries at all and they're going to trump them. They're going to step all over them. They're going to stomp them. And so, uh, again, I applaud you. So, well, hey, let's let's plan on getting you down here to Big Bear. Love you to come in the shop. It's, you know, big change from the days of, you know. Uh, and, you know, Dan, when we moved, when we built our house over in, in Idaho, um, Dan was there helping me move stuff. I remember going over to Haley and getting our stuff out of our house there. And, you know, we've had a long friendship, and I sure I sure honor that friendship, buddy. I still got I still got the picture of uh, Nick as a little kid sitting in the front seat of your Hummer. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's uh, what a what a what a lot of great memories, you know. And to think that this these two guys from Idaho, you know, and and uh, people I remember going to Mobile Tech and people going, you go, you guys, what, what, Iowa? No, 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 not Iowa, Idaho. You know, yeah, it's aren't they still using horses? It just yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's a yeah, isn't it? The, how, how's living in the Midwest? No, 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 no. It's not, not, it's not Iowa. You know, I, I wish it was still that way that people didn't know we existed, but yeah, unfortunately exactly. they do. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just need to get a sign that just says, "Hey, Montana is a great place. Move there." You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, hey, you have a glorious day, man. Good hey, catching up with you. Hey, guys, can I interrupt real quick? Sure. Uh, I want to uh, do a little shameless plug here for us because we got some something big and important coming up. So I want to wrap up with that. But uh, hey, uh, so we've got um, our 10th annual gathering of detailing professionals coming up during SEMA week on Wednesday night, November 1st um, in SEMA or at SEMA. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole detailing industry is invited to this. 
You can find all the details on our social media, uh, on our website, all that kind of stuff, and how to get tickets and all that. But the, the big goal this year is to actually raise money for SEMA Cares, which um, actually funnels that money into three different uh, children's charities. And so we want the detailing industry to make a, a huge impact this year and, you know, show them that, you know, we're a, we're a great industry and that we're capable of doing some really great things. So, and Renny, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. You know, it's just a great time. Again, we're really trying to just, just make an impact. We want to have a great time at the, at the, at the party. It's always, you know, last year, you know, over about right at 500 people. Um, it's, it's, it's now turned to where we want to really impact kids' lives and, and make a positive uh, with these, the SEMA cares. It's a, it's a 501 C. So the contributions, hundred percent of our proceeds um, go to that effort of paying for the event, anything that's left over. Um, you know, we sent everything, everything that was left over last year. We, 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 we figured out exactly what our costs were once we knew we broke even. Um, and then we, we, we donated everything uh, it, it, and, and threw an extra uh, because we, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be right of us not to donate also too. So we we threw in a, a nice big chunk of money at it, um, and we really want to take in a couple purposes help other people, help these kids, and then also let SEMA know. A lot of times they don't recognize us as an industry; they recognize us as a a, a few displays in the show. And uh, we want SEMA to start standing up, and recognizing that what detailing is, modern day detailing is. And uh, Dan, you played a, a part in putting us on the map, and I sure appreciate it. So, well, that's awesome. You guys are doing amazing work. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So, well, everybody, hey, thanks for tuning in. Um, you know, Dan, I can't, I can't wait to get you down here and see you again, buddy. Um, we're going to try to get up uh, and, and go. We try to ski uh, Sun Valley every couple of years. This is our, our year to, to get up. And uh, we actually went up and did Tamarack uh, two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. um and then sun valley too and oh my gosh what a great trip and so well i i don't know if i'll join you on the slopes but it will be good to see you uh and unless they let me ride my bike down then maybe i'll go there you go there you go well we'll we'll get a hold of you and we're up there and we'll definitely hang out and have dinner and have coffee one morning sounds wonderful thanks guys i really appreciate it all right man you take care thanks a lot guys take care right. we'll see you next time thanks for listening to the Renny doyle podcast brought to you by detailing success and pns double black listen to new episodes weekly and be sure to subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your favorite podcasts and don't forget to share with your friends and colleagues 